Well, let's go to Genesis chapter 3 tonight. Genesis chapter 3. Last week we talked about we talked about fathers. Tonight we're going to talk about mothers. And um, the title of the night's message is The Keeper of the Home. That is, I think, a, one of, a really good title for a mother. And it is a position that is extremely important. And once again, being, you, know, you, you hear it said all the time that you know, anybody can be a father, but it takes someone special to be a dad. Okay, you know, just fathering a child um, is no great accomplishment, but being a father, you know, being a dad, fulfilling your responsibilities—that not only is that a great accomplishment, it is—it is a huge challenge, and it is very important. And you know, the same thing goes for mothers too. And the truth is, mothers—you know—you've never really had to preach to moms that much. Um, Mothers have always kind of just naturally fulfilled their role. I mean, even animal mothers, boy, they take their kids. I mean, they will fight to the death. I mean, uh, you don't want to mess with a scared mother in an animal kingdom or with humans. I mean, they can be vicious if they have to. And they will because, I mean, they're going to they're protect those kids. But, you know, I noticed even today, though, I mean... There's a lot of unnatural stuff going on with mothers. And we'll talk a little bit more about it as we get into the message. But, you know, I'm, a lot of the things I'm seeing with mothers that just is weird and does not make sense. Um, one of the where they just have no interest in their children, have no interest in taking care of their children. And I'm telling you, that is strange. That is not natural. And whenever I see that, um, one thing I've noticed because I'm what is causing that? This is not normal. It's not natural. But one thing you'll find out when it comes to mothers not doing these things, there's almost always some type of drugs or medication involved that literally I think just removes that natural instinct that mothers have. And I think that's one of the reasons too. We have mothers, you know, they're you know they're just killing their children by the millions through abortions and things. You're like, how can they do that? Medication. It'll help you get through just about anything. And it's very sad. Not all medication is bad, but uh, there's some that clearly, clearly is. They say there's more people dying of prescription drugs that were, you know, doctors gave them the wrong prescription stuff than from alcohol. And so it's pretty, it's pretty serious. Our uh, nation is really... Uh, we become slaves to medication, to drugs, and uh, just because it comes from a doctor, uh, some of that's it's drugs too. <laughs> some could be used for good. Most of them, I think, are used for bad. But we're going to talk about the keeper of the home tonight because it is it's so important. We and we want to look at the biblical role of a mother. Feminism, unfortunately, they've done more to hurt women. They've done more to hurt the family than just about anything in the world, and they have made it like. You know, if you fulfill your biblical role as a mother, as a wife, they, uh, you know, that's just some terrible thing. But it's not. It is a great, wonderful, and extremely important thing. Nobody can take the place of a mother. Uh, no daycare is going to take the place of a mother. No school teacher is going to take the place of a mother. You just you can't do it. But in Genesis chapter three, verse twenty, uh, this is. The second time the word mother is used in the Bible, the first time is for this cause shall a man leave his father 
and mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they two shall be one flesh. But right here in Exodus chapter 3 verse 20 it says, And Adam called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living. The mother of all living. You know, we don't really know a whole lot about Eve. Okay? But one thing we do know is that mothers, they care very much for their children, their grandchildren, for their descendants. And can you imagine... As long as they lived back in those days, we don't know. The Bible doesn't say how long Eve lived, but let's just say she lived almost as long as Adam. Let's say she lived to be nine hundred years old. Can you imagine? You know, have, I mean, who knows how many kids they had? Who knows how many grandkids and then great grandkids? And Adam, we know, lived long enough to see, I think, it's seven generations, all the way to. Methuselah? Did he see Methuselah? I can't remember. I, I, have to, I have to go look at some of my notes. But he lived to see. Uh, I mean, who knows how many descendants. And I guarantee you, Eve cared about every one of those people. I mean, imagine what, how she felt when Abel died. Killed by Cain. Imagine what that must have done to her, one of her children, in a world that did not know human death yet. Imagine what that must have been like for them. And then Cain to be sent away and become a vagabond and basically, in a sense, lose him. Imagine how horrible that must have been. And it was obviously something that bothered her. And then whenever Seth was born later on, uh, she looked at Seth as kind of a replacement for Abel. And I mean that obviously that was maybe a comfort to her because she was probably still grieving over the loss of her son. But she was the mother of all of all living. Everyone on this earth is a descendant of Eve. And I guarantee you she definitely cared about every one of them just like just like other mothers and through the and through we know that mothers they are they're very caring, they're very loving people. But that role of mother, that role of keeper of the home, what is it? You know, these days unfortunately uh, these things are not being taught um, and unfortunately but they're not being uh, they're not being lived. And we've got a whole generation of young girls that really have no clue what they're supposed to do when it comes to being a mom. They don't understand the biblical role. And therefore, if they don't understand it, if they haven't been taught it, if they haven't got to see it, it's going to be difficult to follow. But we need to remind ourselves of what it is. We need to pass these things on. And so what is the keeper of the home? That, that term keeper... That's term is it's used for a lot of different things uh, in the Bible. One thing a term keeper was used for was um, a keeper of a prison. Okay, there was keepers in a prison. So are mothers like prison guards? Well, no. What I think a good term for keeper is, or a good uh, word to explain keeper is a manager. Basically, the mother she's the manager of the home. In businesses, you'll have people that. Uh, you know, you'll have somebody that they're kind of the owner of the business, but they don't necessarily run the place. They're kind of the one in charge, but usually they'll hire somebody that's a manager, and they're the ones that actually run things. They're the ones that make things work and that make it happen. I don't know who owns the McDonald's here in town, but it's probably not the manager. There, but there's somebody that owns it, and he's got somebody that they're the store manager, they're in charge. Same thing for the Walmart, same thing for you know pretty much any business, or many businesses around here. They probably have one person that owns it, and then somebody that's the manager. 
And you know that the really the success of that business, many times it depends on who they have as manager. Doesn't If they have a good manager, that business is going to do good. If they have a poor manager, that business is going to do poorly. And in the home, the mother, she's that keeper. She's the manager of the home. And in Proverbs 31, we see a lot of good examples. of the. Uh, we see the virtuous woman here. And we see great examples for a wife and a mother. We've got a few things in here I want to look at. But notice what it says in verse 11. It says, The heart of her husband doth safely trust in her, so that he shall have no need of spoil. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. That keeper of the home, that wife, that mother, she makes her husband look good. He can trust her. In a business, they want somebody that's gonna, that they can trust with that business. They want they, that, that owner, he wants to have somebody run that store or run that restaurant that's not going to take all the money and steal it. That's going to keep accurate records of where everything's going and that's going to treat uh, the employees and things that they have good there. That's going to make that store work. If you're, if you're an owner of a business, one of the things that will tell you if you have a good manager or not is how stressed are, out are you? How worried do you get about that business? Can you imagine how nice it would be to own some big company that's making you all kinds of money and you don't have to do anything? Boy, that'd be, that'd be kind of nice. All you have to do is write the paychecks because you've got somebody in that position that's running things good and that's taking care of everything and you don't have to worry about it. And that's kind of what the mother does. She takes care of the home for you know the in the traditional role. So I know this kind of thing is frowned upon and this might even sound a little bit sexist. It's not, but that's the day and age we live in. You know, the husband, he was usually out working, usually out trying to find a way to provide. He'd go out and uh, you know be farming that land or uh, doing whatever he had to do to get the provisions that he needed that he could bring home so the family can survive. But you know what? Just that's not enough. You need somebody in the home, somebody that can feed those children, raise those children, watch over them, protect them. I mean, it's, I can't imagine being a single parent as a mother or a father. That, that would be a very difficult thing to do. Boy, that uh, having both is huge. And when you have that team there, uh, it is a wonderful thing. And it would, be, it would be horrible if, as a business owner, you had somebody there running the place that you didn't know if you could trust. And it would be very difficult if, as a husband, you didn't know if you could trust your wife. That money that you give to, for the groceries so she can go buy the food to feed the kids, you don't know what she's going to do with it. But that'd be tough. You don't know if she's fulfilling her responsibilities and, and taking care of things in the home. But this virtuous woman here in Proverbs, he safely trusted her. The Bible says that he has no need uh, he has no need of spoil. He doesn't have to go and you know attack and steal from some other people and spoil them whenever they would go many times in a battle and they would defeat people and they would take everything that they had, they would call that spoiling. And he didn't have to do stuff like that. He didn't need to do anything dishonest because she was she was taking care of things. She was running things good. And so he didn't have to be dishonest. It says, 
Uh, you know, she will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. And boy, what a wonderful thing it is when you have that virtuous woman. It says in the beginning of this chapter, you know, who can find a virtuous woman for her price is far above rubies. I mean, it, it, uh, a good wife, a good mother is valuable like you can't even imagine. Notice that she doesn't need to be forced to do what she needs to do. It says in verse 13, she seeketh wool and flax and worketh willingly with her hands. You know, it's her husband, he does, he's not at home cracking the whip. Okay, he doesn't have to do that, and he shouldn't have to do that. She naturally does uh, what she's supposed to do. She naturally, uh, you know, she naturally works and works hard. And I'll tell you, women—they are—they're hard workers. What they have to do, I mean, it is a huge task. It's a huge responsibility. I mean, I challenge you sometimes just to go and, you know, especially if you have young kids, mad, you know, go and find out what it would cost to have somebody else do all the things your wife's doing. Can you imagine me if I had to go pay for daycare for five kids, six pretty soon? I hate to know what the bill is on that. Or just to have somebody come to the house and watch them all the time and feed them. I can't imagine what those things would cost. I mean, to have somebody come and do your cooking and do your cleaning. Can you imagine what that... I don't know what cleaning, cleaning ladies charge, but... I would want to see what they'd charge me to clean the house after our kids have had their way in it. It'd be bad. I mean, there's a lot. Of, there's definitely a lot of value to that. But that good mo- a good mother does not have to be forced to do those things. They just naturally do it. But even today, it's used. But like I said, today in today's day and age, it's different. Sometimes you do, and usually in today's culture, it's the father that has to be forced to fulfill his responsibilities. They're the ones usually the judges are saying, you know, you got to pay this much in child support, you got to pay this much in alimony. You know, it's usually the fathers that are forced to fulfill their roles. But you know what? Nowadays, sometimes the women even have to be. And I really, I really do believe that that is a very unnatural thing. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I mean, usually it seems like women are always the one getting the custody and everything, just because I almost think because they want it more. But nowadays, sometimes they don't even care. And I really, that, that's just weird. I really do think that, that that's drug related. Uh, it doesn't make sense. That has never been a problem, uh, I, don't, I don't believe, until recently. I mean, even in the Bible days, we read some horrible stories and difficult times with wicked people. I was thinking about the story of the two harlots that both had the children and one of them died. And the other one went and stole the living one's child and replaced it with her dead one. And you remember that story how they were arguing before the king who the child really belonged to. And Solomon said, bring me a sword. We'll divide it in two. And they can share the child. And that real mother, who was not a good woman, she cried out, just give the child to her. She would rather somebody else have her child than her baby be killed. And that was totally natural. And it told Solomon for sure, that's definitely the mother. Give the child to her. He knew because he saw that motherly instinct kick in. The other woman didn't have it because it wasn't her child. And it is weird how it's getting with women these days where they're willing to go to a doctor and let them just cut the child out and kill it. I mean, that, that's very strange. It doesn't make sense 
And I, I do. I think they need a. I thought about trying to research some of these things and how drugs affect that stuff. But you know what? I don't trust drug companies. I don't even know if they tell us the truth on that. Uh, so it's it's the only thing I can figure out. Because, but in the cases that I know of where women are just completely unnatural with their kids, there's always drugs involved. But also we see in verse 15 that the keeper of the home, she's aware of the needs of those who live in the house and the house itself. If you were to go to most guys today and say, hey, you know, what's needed in the house right now? Well, we have no idea. Uh, you know, like what's... What do you have for groceries and things? You know, my wife, sometimes I'll go looking in the fridge and I'll look in the cabinets and there's nothing to eat. But you know what? The woman, they can usually take what's there and make a pretty good meal out of what we call nothing to eat. You know, they, they know, you know, my wife, she's the one that always knows where everything's at. I never can find anything. You know, where's this? You know, they always know where everything's at. Uh, they, know, they know every little detail of the house. Why? Because they're the ones there. They're the ones taking care of things. They're the keeper of the home. They know what's going on usually know a little more what's going on with the kids. I mean, as far as, you know, clothes and things. You know, usually the dads. They have no idea what's needed for the clothes. I don't know what size. I don't even know what size clothes my kids wear. And I think I'm a pretty involved dad. But I don't know. If I had to go to the store right now and buy clothes, I'd be in trouble. I'd probably get all the wrong sizes. I don't know what size shoes the boys wear. But the mom, again, Cassandra, she could probably tell you. Every one of those details right now. They're aware of those things. Verse 15 says, She riseth also while it is yet night and giveth meat to her household and a portion to her maidens. She considereth the field and buyeth it. With the fruit of her hand she planteth a vineyard. She girdeth her loins with strength and strengtheneth her arms. She perceiveth that her merchandise is good. Her candle goeth not out by night. It's, it's a lot of hours being a mom. It, t- it is a lot of work. She layeth her hands to the spindle and her hands to hold the distaff. She stretcheth out her hand to the poor. Yea, she reacheth forth her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of the snow for her household, for all her household are clothed with scarlet. Moms are going to make sure their kids are clothed. They're going to make sure they keep them warm. She maketh herself coverings of tapestry. Her clothing is silk and purple. Uh, her husband is known in the gates when he sitteth among the elders of the land. She maketh fine linen and selleth it and delivereth uh, girdles unto the merchant. So we see all these things she's doing. She's aware of the needs of those in the house. She's aware of the physical needs. She knows what's needed. She knows what the kids need. They, they, just, they pay attention, close attention to things. They're aware of the emotional needs. They're a lot, usually a lot more sensitive to that, they're what? They're just they're always watching. They're always paying attention to those things. That is because they they're the keeper, they're the manager. Just like that manager uh, that maybe is at your job. Yeah, they're supposed to be watching what's going on. They're supposed to know what's going on with the other employees. They're supposed to know what's going on uh, with maybe the equipment and the merchandise, uh, the, uh, the equipment that's there. They know. Uh, what's needed? If maybe sometimes they need to, you know, buy new equipment. Okay, you know where I work, uh, there's some equipment that we use there that is junk, and um, you know, managers they need to sometimes they, they need to go and let people know, hey, these things need to be replaced. These things aren't working right. And they're supposed to be paying attention to that stuff and watching what's going on. They listen. They're supposed to listen to the needs. They're the ones that kind of have to listen. To all the complaining. I talked to a friend of mine one time who was a manager, 
and the person who was above him, one of the things he said to him is one of the things that to me will determine whether you're doing a good job or not is going to be how much I have people come into my office complaining. He said, you know, part of your job, you know, they need to be able to go to you to complain and you take care of the problem and it not get and it not get to me. And you know, and, and a good mom she knows what's going on with the family and in the house. She knows what the problems are. And she's able to take care of it. She's able to get the job done. She's, she's aware of these things. She's sensitive to them. And so, you know, guys, we're usually not as good at these things. You know, especially emotional needs. Uh, we just uh, kind of goes over our head. We just we don't see it. But the mother, the keeper of the home, she's paying attention to that. She's w- always watching. And another thing that she does as the keeper, as as a manager, you could say, she is a protector. Mothers are a protector of the home. Now, I'm not saying, when I say that, that doesn't mean if somebody breaks in, I'm going to look at my wife and say, hey, you're the protector of the home. Go take care of the bad guy. <laughs> you know, no, hey, we're supposed to be the protector of the keeper of the home, right? But many times, the guy's away. You know, back then it was very common where a guy, he might have to leave for days and months to go fight a battle. That was very common. And they needed to be able to trust their wife and know that she was going to be able to take care of things and be a good protector. And I, I love this example in the Bible, Second Samuel chapter 20. I know I've told this story here before, but I just think that this is a great example of a mother. They will, um, a mother will do anything to protect her family. It is a natural instinct. Once again, that's why I do not understand mothers who don't care about their children and pay attention to them. It's just, it is a natural instinct for a mother to want to protect her children. It's that even animals do it. And here we have the story of Sheba who kind of revolted against David and Joab's going after him and Joab is going to kill him. And it says in, the, in verse 15, and they came and besieged him and Abel of Beth Meacah and they cast up a bank against the city and stood in the trench and all the people that were with Joab battered the wall to throw it down. So they were going to bust this wall down and they were going to go in there and they were going to fight whoever they had to fight. They were going to kill whoever they had to kill to get to Sheba. And then it says in verse 16, Then cried a wise woman out of the city, Hear, hear, say, I pray you unto Joab, Come near hither that I may speak with thee. And when he was come near unto her, the woman said, Art thou Joab? And he answered, I am he. Then she said unto him, Hear the words of thine handmaid. And he answered, I do hear. Then she spake, saying, They were wont to speak in in old times, saying, They shall surely ask counsel at Abel. And so they ended the matter. I am one of them that are peaceable and faithful in Israel. Thou seekest to destroy a city and a mother in Israel. Why wilt thou swallow up the inheritance of the Lord? I think it's interesting how she says, You're going to kill a mother. I think she said that too, trying to get to Joab's emotional side. Because you know what? It's one another thing that is very unnatural and very rare is for a child, whether young or old, to hate their mother. That is not normal. There's just something about moms. You know, dads, a lot of times there's problems there. But boy, just uh, not hating a mother, it's rare. And I think this lady's thinking, hey, this guy's got a mama somewhere. And he obviously cares about her mom. You are going to destroy a mother. She throws that at him. And it says 
uh, in verse 20, and Joab answered and said, Far be it, far be it from me that I should swallow up or destroy. The matter is not so, but the man of Mount Ephraim, Sheba the son of Vitri by name, hath lifted up his hand against the king, even against David. Deliver him only, and I will depart from the city. And the woman said unto Joab, Behold, his head shall be thrown to thee over the wall. I love that. This was not Joab's idea. This was her idea. There was a man in their city that was fixing to be the cause of the death of her children in her mind. And you know what she said? His head's not staying on his shoulders. We will kill that man. And he did so. We will throw his head to you over the wall. And sure enough, the woman went unto all the people in her wisdom and they cut off the head of Sheba, the son of Bitri, and cast it out to Joab. And he blew a trumpet and they retired from the city, every man to his tent. And Joab returned to Jerusalem unto the king. I mean, that I don't know how it worked. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if this woman cut the head off herself. I, I, I don't know. She might have had somebody else do it. But she obviously led this whole thing. She got the people, hey, get that guy. We are going to die if we don't cut his head off and throw it to him over the wall. We're not letting that army in here. We don't know what they're going to do. So let's kill him. And sure enough, they did it. And I'm telling you right now, I wouldn't want to be anywhere near a mama bear. I've heard they're vicious. They think that you might hurt one of their babies. And you know what? A real mother that's scared for her children's life. I wouldn't want to be anywhere near her. They can't be brutal. And that is that is a natural thing because they are going to protect their family, but they're not just a physical protector. You know, my wife, though, when it comes to physically protecting, you know, she's always the one that's got to do the uh, lock door check, you know, go to all the house, make sure everything's locked, and just, you know, me. I don't even worry about it. You know, we, we live out in the country. I'm sure we're fine. But every night, you know, she's got to go and make sure all the doors are locked. That's just that protective instinct that's inside of them. But you know, they're not just a physical protector. Also, they're a spiritual protector. And once again, I said most of the time, it's the mother that's in the house with the kids. And it is very important that mothers are careful what they allow in the house. For example, even just what comes on the television. That's something you got in both, you know, both parents need to pay attention to that. You got to pay attention to that. What are your kids watching? They, that stuff's going to get in their minds. It's going to mess them up. I knew we had some kids on our bus route, I remember, and their mom, she was one of these unnatural mothers, and there definitely was some drug use going on with this woman. But I remember her kids would talk about the most horrible movies that they would watch. Little kids. Little kids talking about these horrible movies that they would watch. And I would say, does your mom know you watch these shows? And they said, yeah, we watch them with our mom. And I, it just it blew me away. And thought just no protection for these kids. And her little girl, her little girl she had was one of the most boy-crazy girls that you've ever seen in her life. At this point now, I haven't seen her in years. I can't even imagine what all this girl has been into. As messed up as her little mind was at 12, 10, 12 years old. And her little brother, boy, he was another story too, just had the most filthy mouth on him. Six, seven-year-old boy. We, we couldn't let him ride the bus because he would use the most filthy language and we couldn't get him to stop. You know what? There was no protection in this home from spiritual things. They watched horrible movies. They listened to terrible music. 
what your moms and dads pay attention to what kind of music they're listening to. Don't let that junk in your house. Also, you know, friends. Be careful. You know, moms too, they're usually real good judges of characters with the friends. You know, they'll see they'll see those guys or those girls and you know, your parents might have said that to, maybe they said that to you and you're going, oh, I don't like that friend of yours. I don't I don't like them. Something wrong with them. And I tell you when you know when your mom especially says that, it'd be a good idea to maybe pay attention. It's like, oh mom, you don't know them. No, they don't. They don't have to. They got that motherly instinct, that motherly instinct that is ultimately the agenda of a mother is to protect their baby. And whenever they whenever the wrong person comes along, that instinct kicks in and they do, they know. They know if that person you're hanging around is going to get you in trouble and, and mess you up. They don't have to know them well. They have that motherly instinct and boy, it's a good thing for children to pay attention to that. It's a very good thing for them to listen and because mothers, they are, they are good judges of character because they're so protective. Oh, Mom, you're being overprotective. I guess that's possible. But you know what? It sure beats just not caring. If you got a protective mother, uh, if you had a protective mother, thank the Lord for her. It definitely is a good thing. She's the keeper of the home, trying to protect. And that, but a mother, they will, they will do literally anything to care for their children. They prove it by the very fact that they go through pregnancy and the delivery process itself to bring children into the world. I mean. That alone right there. Okay. Guys, we would never have kids. There's there's no way. And you know, that's fine, that's normal. God did not put that in us. Okay, but he did in the mothers. They will go through that horrible pain. I'm telling you, less than half the stuff that they go through in the hospital when they are born, if I had to go through something any anything like that, I would just say, Forget it, I'm just gonna die young. Okay, I'm not there's there's things that Medically, I do not ever want done to me. I don't ever want to have to go through. And I, I think I'd just rather be dead. But a mother, they will get close to death to bring a child into the world. And they'll do it again. And it, in my wife's case, again and again and again. <laughs> they'll, they'll do it several times. I mean, that is, you know, it's, it's an amazing thing. You know, everybody thinks usually the firstborn spoil the most love and all that. But you know what? I think the farther down the list you go, the more that proves, you know, real love there. They've experienced that pain all those times, and yet they still had another one. That's I think that's pretty impressive right there. But it is so it's so sad to me and strange living in a day when mothers don't care for their children, and they'll even put them down like a sick dog before they're even born. It doesn't make sense, and the Bible talks about. You know that the unnatural affections that can go on. It is it is a spiritual thing, and I think I think sometimes spiritual problems and drug problems. I think they they go hand in hand. They work together. But the keeper of the home, we need keepers of the home. We need and uh, it is that two person team. It is so important. It can be done. Uh, I've seen mothers. Who they've had to fulfill both roles. I've seen fathers who've had to fulfill both roles. It definitely can be done, but it's 
I think any people that have been in that situation will tell you it's not easy. And I think any of those people in that situation would agree to the importance of those roles of a good wife and a good husband and a good mother and good father. And said in, in the world today, they understand, you know, they even talk about the importance of, you know, the mother and the father. They're trying to find ways around it because of all the two father homes, I guess you could say, and the two mother homes. They're trying to find ways around it, but uh, boy, as hard as they try, it's not working. It's not working at all. And, uh, and, and they know it. They know it deep down inside. God set things up the way it was supposed to be in the Bible. And the closer we stick to the way to God's plan, the better off we're going to be. And that keeper of the home, it is not a second class job. It is not, uh, you know, they're always telling us, well, nah, you know, you need to go have your careers and you need to do all these things. You know, hey, that, if a woman wants to do that, I'm not saying they can't do those things. But don't, this attitude of being a wife and being a mother is being like below anything, I think is just a bunch of foolishness. It's a bunch of, bunch of garbage that's come from the devil because the last thing the devil wants is good, strong families. And he doesn't even want happy women. And I believe that this is extremely important. It's better than becoming a CEO of a business, a good mother that raises good kids. I think they've succeeded more than Hillary Clinton, who for some reason is looked at as this <laughs> great success. I believe, uh, I believe a, a mother who raises good children, that's faithful to her husband, has a, ha- that has a happy home, that more successful, better than Hillary Clinton or... I don't know who's looked at as some of the top uh, women, uh, successful women today. But I mean, who cares about them? Who cares about them? The Bible talks about in Proverbs, her children will rise up and call her blessed. And you know, a lot of these, quote, successful women, their kids hate them. And that's not normal. And it's because they took an unnatural path. And we need to stay on that path that God wants. So with that, let's all stand together tonight.